creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It is Tuesday. It's March 31st. The year is 2020, I think. And you're listening to the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huckabee. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. Meanwhile, down there in Orlando, Florida, he is under the impression that the year is actually 2022. It's our illustrious producer, (laughs) Chandler Strang. And uh, up there north, in Loveland, Virginia. He has been operating as if it's 1920 for the last 35 years. It's our friend, Jesse (laughs) Carrick. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, I noticed a little, uh, a little delay in your usual sign on. Is this a, is this, this just trying out something new in quarantine or? Yeah. You know, I think everyone's just keeping it loose in quarantine. I think that's the secret here is you gotta, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta mix up your routine a little that that's, that's what I think it it comes down to. You know, it's when you get stuck in the same old routine, that's when that's what, you know, it's tough because, you know, it's so weird that like within the course of just a a couple of weeks, you know, like how the the way that we just think about, you know, day to day life has changed so dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, everyone's everyone using their own coping mechanisms. Mine is to change the inflection of my voice randomly (laughs) just to keep people guessing. (laughs) Chandler, you you don't strike me, Chandler, as much of a as much of a routine guy. Would you say you're a man of your your creature of habit? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, at this point, yes, it's sure uh, it's it's becoming that way. But um, when I'm free to do my own thing, no, I don't think so. Do you? But you found that being in self isolation has forced you to like adapt some sort of like I get up at this time, I go to bed yeah, at this so. time, yeah, a little more. more. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the routines aren't. They're not like it's structured for the sake of structure. You know, it doesn't really yeah. change a lot about my life. It's like, Oh, now two o'clock is like change out of sweatpants time. And <laughs> five o'clock is like internet for five hours. And uh, now it's nine 30 and I guess I'll go to bed. Maybe, you know, you know, what's funny too, is like, you know, arguably we've, none of us have had more time to work out, you know, or to do things like <laughs> right. that, but it is harder than ever to actually motivate yourself to, oh, for sure. to do it, you know, yeah. like it's like, all right, well, I, you know, I'm not really in the, in the mood to get sweaty right now, but maybe in like three hours, I will want to get sweaty, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's disrupted our normal routines. And it's like, for some reason, the more time we have, it seems that like the less time we have to actually do stuff we want to do. Do you guys find that too? I think that that's the case. Cause I could kind of be like, well, I can't go to the gym. I don't really have a lot of workout equipment in the home right now. <laughs> right. So I'm going to take this as my excuse to like not work out. And people will be like, oh, actually, there's all sorts of free options. I'm like, nope. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, ironically, man, my, my body was really needing some recovery time. And <laughs> I'm going to use this quarantine to just shut it all down mentally 
<laughs> you know, mentally, obviously, I'm shutting it down. Physically, that's becoming apparent too. I'm not using my body at all. And look, man, it is what it is. Church isn't happening. So spiritually, I don't even know where I stand. For, it's for just a total shutdown. It is. It is a reboot. It's. A, I'm just rebooting. No one worry about me. Yeah. You know? I think that. I think that because I I have tried a few of the uh, like the online workout situations, and they give you your your virtual coach. Right. Yeah. So you said uh, so it gets you a timer and the coach does th- things that are like very helpful, like they'll walk you through, uh, you know, now this number of push ups and now we're doing it now run in place for a little bit. And th- that's uh, that's fine. That's helpful. But where the spell really breaks for me is when they're like, you're looking great or hey, you're doing <laughs> an excellent job. Like you don't I could be sitting on the couch eating donuts. Yeah, you, do, you have don't, no idea. You're you're, I me. see through your lies <laughs> motivation. Like, I went through this like years ago back when it was like the, the cool thing to do. I did like the P90X deal, which yeah. this is, you know, yeah. I it, it's probably evolved. There's probably an app or something they use for that. It's now, a pretty back, intensive. It's a pretty intensive workout. The P90X. Yeah. It's, it's yeah but, but when I was doing it, it was like DVDs and you throw in the DVD and the worst part was, you know, at least with an app, I'm guessing they like keep it, they keep, they mix it up and it changes with a DVD. DVD and you're doing the same workouts week after week, the little jokes that they say during the workout is enough for you to want to take your barbell and throw it into your TV. <laughs> like I've heard you compare like this, this weird motion to stirring German potato soup 50 times now, P90X guy. Oh, I'll stir the German potato soup. Just kidding. Keep it loose, guys. I am going to go crazy. I'm literally going to go bonkers if I hear you say that joke again. Yeah, it, it, it's it's everyone's adjusting. Everyone's making their wasn't, adjustments. Wasn't you know? P90X? Wasn't that Tony Horton? Was that his name? I think so. Was it was definitely, to, I think it was, to, I know it was Tony. I think it was Tony Horton. Tony's, yeah. Tony something. Cause yeah. I, I know, cause he was a, his first, before he land, struck gold with the P90X thing, he tried his hand at stand up. That was his thing. Did he, he really? He wanted to be a comedian. Are yeah. you serious? So this was round, so this was round two for him. And you can tell, He's incorporating material why, into the you can, workout. You can see why the stand-up thing was. It works a lot better, you know, for him to be like a fitness instructor with lame jokes than yeah. to be a comedian that is in ridiculously good shape, but still has lame jokes, you know? Because <laughs> bad stand-up material still plays okay if you're just supposed to be a physical trainer. But if you're supposed to be a stand-up comedian and those are the jokes you're working with, then you, you've time to find another role. And, yeah. uh, and he yeah. did. And that's what, yeah, that's, that's good. That's an inspiration in so many ways. Tony's an inspiration for what we should look like and our, with our bodies and with our professional careers. Um, we do have a, uh, a, a lot going on in the show today. We're joined by, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're joined by Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. And the reason I was actually really interested to talk to Drew is that he, like a lot of different musicians, has been using his time in self-isolation to do a... uh, He's he's been putting out a cover a day. Uh, They're called Kitchen Covers. He and his wife, Ellie Holcomb, have been recording these and uh, using that to raise money for musicians who are out of work. And it's been really, really good stuff. So I wanted to hear about that project and kind of how they're doing in self-isolation. Uh, so we had a great conversation about that. Can't wait to share that with you and uh, share uh, some of those covers with you and tell you how you can get on board. Watch If you've got nothing else going on and you don't, uh, <laughs> you should be paying attention to some of Drew's music because it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, we are going to take time for slices. We'll go to those right after the break. I'm with the- 
Has God put something in your heart to do, perhaps something bigger than just the normal routine of life, perhaps to build His kingdom and advance His cause? My name is Jamie Dew. I'm the president of New Orleans Seminary and Level College. I want to encourage you to join us at the Towel and Basin podcast, where we take up all issues related to the kingdom. Go to nobts.edu slash podcasts. Hope to see you there. Listening to Another Lover by Little Dragon. Beginning of the podcast, you heard Can't Do Much by Awaxahachi. That felt appropriate for where we're at right now. Yeah. Can't do much. Yeah. 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 And by the way, <laughs> yeah. well, that's a great that's a great new album. The new uh, I've actually I've always liked Waxahachi and I'm glad she's finally getting some. She's one of those who I've been you know, you have those bands you've been following for a while and yeah. it turned out as kind of your personal secret and they're starting to get a little more attention. Waxahachi is mine. She's she's been plugging away for a, a long time now and she deserves the attention she's starting to get. Man, I, I'm still my mind is still blown that Tony Horton, the P ninety X guy, was once a uh, you know, aspiring stand-up comedian. It's making me really want to go on like a deep dive. He's gotta have YouTube videos, you know? Yeah. But like, like I like can even see just from the places he went to, like the seedy little stand like comedy joints that he tried yeah. out his material at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I feel like here, here's here's a theory about comedians. I feel like Tony Horton, if anyone hasn't watched the P90X, they're, they're basically like there's they're, they're, they're these intense like fitness videos. And Tony Horton, I mean, he he not only looks like a fitness instructor, he looks like a better than average looking fitness instructor. Like, you know what I mean? He, he, yeah, for he sure. looks like. Yeah. But I feel like. He's too conventionally handsome and fit to be an effective stand-up comedian. I feel like stand-up mm-hmm. comedians, they got to have something just a, a little off about, you know, their, their style <laughs> I mean, or their, yeah. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you're, th- that's why like all the sitcoms about like, uh, y- you know, that are based on stand-ups, like I said, they got their own kind of look and twist. They're not, they're not like models out there. You know, you think of like, you know, King of Queens or Everybody Loves Raymond or Seinfeld, you know, those guys, those guys aren't like models like tony horton i could see why it didn't work out for him you know i think yeah i think the best stand-up comedians you have to be pretty humble like and you have to be yeah. made humble like it can't yeah. be it can't be like oh he's just like so nice friendly and handsome and he's humble too like that's not what we're talking about you need yeah. society to have beaten you down a little bit yeah yeah be a really effective stand-up comedian if you're an adonis like tony horton i don't know what your material is so anyway guys <laughs> i'll tell you this my biceps getting so big it's hard to find the right t-shirts at target am i wrong <laughs> am i who am i wrong here? what's the deal I, I think that when you when you find a stand-up comedian who is is like let, let's start like you know i'm a big fan of mulaney everybody's a big fan of john mulaney right he's like the stand-up comedian du jour right now he's really good at what he does but he's also like he's a he's a pretty normal looking dude he's a good looking guy he came from a fairly it sounds like well-off background uh being right like pretty normal life for most of his life and then just got a gig on snl and now he's yeah. an extremely well-regarded stand-up comedian and it's like what's the 
what's the thing? Where's the pain that's really driving you right now? Because it's not apparent, but it's got to be there. And it's probably yeah. darker <laughs> and sicker than we'd ever imagine. Yeah. Well, that's why I love like Nate Gatsi because he is he, like his kind and he's been on the pod a couple times. So, yeah. you know, his yeah. Netflix specials are, are incredible. But the thing, the great thing about uh, uh, Nate is like, there's no darkness to the material. It's, uh, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just like self-deprecating. I'm very lazy comedy which i always enjoy (laughs) when comedy is it's like jim gaffigan there's no real darkness there you know what i mean it's Uh just making fun of how lazy he is and 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 i think you know for me that that's a totally acceptable form of comedy yeah i i do i completely agree speaking of uh of forms of comedy uh jesse you gave me a little preview of the slice that you brought this week and this is this is uh this is high comedy so i do want to get to that it's time for slices all right, Jesse, uh, tell us this. I, I only caught little bits and pieces of this story, uh, but I can't wait for you to deliver the entire thing because this is this is a great moment in medical research history. <laughs> so this this comes to us from Australia um, and from a, a man named Dr. Daniel Reardon. His name is Dr. Daniel Reardon. Uh, he's in his 20s and he is a, a, he has a doctorate in astrophysics astrophysicism (laughs) astrophysics he's an astrophysicist by trade and like everyone else dr reardon it it was has been home lately and he's not had a lot to do he's not he's had a lot of time on his hands so like a lot of people uh with time on his hands he he starts doing a little project you know everyone's i feel like right now it's undertaking projects whether it's like a home thing or it's like you know that i'm gonna do that puzzle that's just been that I got for Christmas that one year. I'm just going to, you know, give that a shot or, you know, to, I'm going to mm-hmm. take up drawing or art or I'm going to learn an instrument. Well, sourdough. Uh, everyone's got the sourdough starters. Everyone, right? Dude, yeah. when did, when did, when did sourdough become such a thing? Like we're going to come out of this and I, I see nothing <laughs> but on Instagram. And can we, can I talk real talk? And I don't mean to throw shade because I have friends that are heavy into the sourdough thing. That's so do I. Um, uh, Sourdough is disgusting. It's the worst. Bread. It's, <laughs> it's literally, it's literally sourdough, oh and it's disgusting. Why does someone want like bread should not have a distinct flavor? Okay, let me just do a bread thing real quick, guys. Okay, when breads get too fancy, when bread gets too fancy, it forgets what the whole point of bread is. Bread is supposed to be a neutrally flavored, you know, item that is solely meant so that you can jam a bunch of meat in your mouth and not get your hands dirty. Okay. That's why we have bread to shove meat and, and sauce in there and not eat like a barbarian, you know, because you don't want you don't want to just be handling meat with your hands. We're not cavemen. OK, this isn't the prehistoric times. We want it. We want to still eat with our bare hands. But we want to create a big mess everywhere. So that's why I use bread. It's supposed to be neutral flavor, though, because the point of it is to hold meat. It's supposed to be spongy. And, and tastes like nothing. That's the whole point of bread. Once you start getting it sour, no, 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 I don't do that. You know, once you put cinnamon, raisins, that's all. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Okay. The point of the bread is very like what kind of sociopath goes to the bagel shop and orders like a ham and cheese bagel and gets it on cinnamon raisin. I've seen people do that. Who are these sickos? Like well, there's that- a big problem here. <laughs> I feel like the difference, but your, your last example there is just like conflicting flavor profiles. Like you don't want a cinnamon raisin bagel with a ham and cheese sandwich. I get that, but you don't want a cinnamon, ra- ba- you don't want a cinnamon raisin bagel period. Even if it just had like some butter or something on it. 
you don't understand. That's not the point of bread. Okay. You like bread. You can either fry it or you can cut it and jam meat in there. Okay. It's not meant to be a dessert. Okay. If you want something cinnamon raisin, get a muffin, Tyler. Okay. Don't put it in a bagel. No, stay in your lane, breads. That's what I'm saying. That's my problem here. Okay. When you turn bread into the primary thing, you're missing the point of bread. Bread is meant to be like it's a dinner roll or it's, or it's something to put butter on. It's not meant to be the primary thing. We're getting our priorities messed up. That's my thing. How far do you take this? Because this would get really native to the point of isolationism because like they're like, do you feel this way about like baguettes in in the country of France? You know, they've got all they do over there is is uh, like traditional baguettes. Listen, the baguette thing, the baguette thing is self parody at this point. Okay, (laughs) they're. I'm sorry, but it is. I'm sorry, but but if I but like where if I picture a Parisian, it's them riding around on a bicycle with a big baguette. Like, what are they doing? So Chandler, have you ever gone to the store and just bought a giant like three foot long baguette? I don't think so. Like no. in a paper sleeve. Okay. No, no. Like what? What would you even do with that, Tyler? You lived in Paris for for I months. Did. Okay. I did. You buy you buy a foot and a half long roll in a in a in a paper sleeve and you just walk down the street with it. Would you just eat it like it like it, it, I told you guys we discussed this. We discussed yeah, this. You're yeah, telling me people morning. actually start their day just by eating a, a, a loaf of bread that's the length of their forearm. That's how that's how days start in, it in, was in, not, in Paris. It was not a <laughs> it, it's not a it's not a parody. This is a real thing and Every day you just see people walking around with baguettes. Yes, including and I was one of them. And you know what? But it what was you, but, very. But, but it was I delightful. Didn't ask, but but I here's the it. thing. But here's what I don't understand. I I know they have them. I've seen pictures. You've told me that people walk down the street with baguettes. Are they walking down the street just eating a giant hunk of bread? Like yes. I'm just. That's how yes. you just spend your day. You just tear off a chunk of it. You just tear off a little chunk of it, and you. And you pop it in your mouth. Yeah. And eat bread. How Chandler, you're with me. That's weird, right? If you saw someone, <laughs> if you if you were walking down the street in any city and just saw someone just mowing down a huge hunk of bread, <laughs> would you not think that's a little weird? That's you a can be weird. honest. Yeah, yeah it's I a mean, weird. It, it's I'll tell you what's not weird if there was meat in the bread. Because then you're like, oh, that's that's not a weirdo. <laughs> That's not a weird. That's a guy eating a hoagie. It's kind of making me hungry. I'm going to pop in a Wawa. It's Hoagie Fest. How do we get myself a hoagie? Like it makes no sense if there if it's just a big hunk of bread, Tyler. I think you need to wake up to that reality. I I embrace other cultures. We are all in this together right now. We're all going through the same thing, and I think we we should be open to what to what we can learn from one another because we're not going (laughs) to. We, we, hey, it's a shared culture right now. Listen, shared I'm not We're tearing down I, the boundaries. I've got nothing to learn from that. I've got nothing to learn <laughs> because I'm already eating the bread. It's just I've enhanced it by putting delicious meat in there. Okay. I feel like I feel like they should be learning from and thanking us for that. I'm sorry, <laughs> Parisians. So where do you I'm sorry, but we here, have like something uh, we have something called Subway. Okay. <laughs> and let me tell you, you can walk in there and five minutes later you can walk out with a giant with a roll that I see them cooking they they pop that thing in that giant bread machine that morning yeah i can i can listen this is how fresh that bread is my shirt's gonna smell like a subway all day i'm gonna go up to people that evening if i had subway for lunch people are like you go subway today did you get a big sub yeah, yeah because yeah. I, that, that, that that like jim gaffigan calls like that that yeah, bread Americans exhaust just like blasting 
Americans didn't invent the idea of we baking it. the bread in front of like that's the thing that is in mo- if anything America was late to the game on that because most pl- My because point we were the ones it. who started like uh, we can't let them see how the sausage is made here we better make this somewhere else freeze it ship it there and then they can pay it because they don't want to see the dark side of this France has nothing to hide never did you, you can walk in there and tell me they're not you just see the dough people are out there mixing it and also they have they well, have these little things well, they're well, called well, 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 you can walk where day or night and see people mixing dough just in the streets people are just <laughs> into the meeting bakeries. dough they're just walking down the street meeting dough what do you mean you can see it day or night no into the bakeries like through the windows they got the big, big window you can look in there you see it like hanging up there's some that they're waiting to put in they've got them too rising there in the too sunshine. many carbs too fancy too many carbs too fancy oh, too many okay? carbs it's it's just not right no it's the goalposts are moving I don't even know how we started talking about. Oh, I remember (laughs) Dr. Daniel Reardon. He's been home and he hasn't been on a sourdough kick because he's not a weirdo that is convincing himself that sour bread is good. Uh Okay, Uh that's like, hey, let's have a nice glass of sour milk. It's like, no, no, no. That's going to make you ill because it's disgusting. Oh, you you know, you know, uh, worse than a bland hunk of just regular bread is making it gross and sour. Okay, so uh, Dr. Reardon. His home, and he wasn't he wasn't uh, uh, deluding himself to thinking that sour bread's good. Instead, he tried to use his scientific skills and abilities to make a device that would prevent people from touching their face. That's the big, you know, they're saying that's a big problem right now. Is you know uh, the the coronavirus is uh, topically very contagious. So if you get it on, so like say you touch a doorknob or something. That could possibly have the virus on it. And then you touch your face. A lot of people have unfortunately become infected that way. And so, uh, you know, the, all the health experts are recommending that you you do everything you can to not touch your face. Very right. good advice. But unfortunately, it's kind of an involuntary thing for a lot of people. A lot of people touch their face without even Absolutely. thinking about touching their face. Yeah. So Dr. Reardon's like, what if I use my science abilities to come up with a device that will warn people when, uh, you know, when they're about to touch their face and we'll, we'll remind them, hey, this isn't a good idea. Well, things went horribly, horribly wrong. And I'm going to read a couple lines from a brilliantly written piece from The Guardian, uh, from The Guardian Australia, about what recently transpired with our good friend, uh, the, the astrophysicist. Here's a quote. I have some electronic equipment, but really no experience or expertise building circuits or things. I had okay. First off, let's stop there. Yeah, I love that he has electronic equipment that he doesn't know what it does and has no experience using. But he's like, now's the time to come up with a dangerous mask that is going to go right on directly on people's face. He said, I had a part that detects magnetic fields. I thought that if I built a circuit that could detect the magnetic field and we wore magnets on our wrist, then it could set off an alarm if you brought it too close to your face. A bit of boredom and isolation made me think of that. Okay, not not exactly a bad idea. Okay, it sounds a little overly complicated, like creating a magnetic field around your face and that would trigger a warning if your metal bracelet gets close. Seems pretty elaborate for what he was trying to accomplish, but I can see where his head's at. You know, the problem is 
it had the exact opposite effect because once again, he's an astrophysicist and not an electronic engineer. Uh-huh. He accident he says, I accidentally invented a necklace that buzzes continuously unless you move your hand close to your face. It did the exact opposite. The it's thing. buzzing all the time unless you're touching your face. So at this point, his experiment, his experiment is going awry. And he realizes that his machine, if he unleashed it on humanity, would actually do far, far more harm than good. But yeah. this, listen, he's been down. T- Traveling all day and he's got a lot of fun magnets just sitting around right so <clears throat> the experiment was a huge failure but that's okay i got some fun magnets to play with somehow this astrophysicist who has a doctorate degree in astrophysics ended up deciding i will just spend the afternoon playing with the magnets shortly thereafter they became horribly stuck up his nose here is some <laughs> quotes after scrapping the idea of the mask <clears throat> i was still a bit bored playing with the magnets it's the same logic as clipping pegs to your ears. I clipped them to my earlobes and then clipped them to my nostrils, and things went downhill pretty quickly when I clipped the magnets to the other nostril. Here's I'm going to keep reading the story. Reardon said he placed two magnets inside his nostrils and two on the outside. When he removed the magnets from the outside of his nose, the two insides stuck together. Unfortunately, the researcher then attempted uh, to use the, the, his remaining magnets to remove them. So he's got a couple magnets jammed up nose who hasn't been there you know what his solution was to get them out maybe i can jam magnets. some more magnets up there <laughs> okay at so this like, point the idea is to like send a rescue magnet up there to get yes. the other okay. yeah, exactly maybe right, maybe if i send a stronger magnet but up then there it just pushes pushes so it further pulls it down like when you lose a chip in the salsa and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta get a stronger chip out. Yeah, so, and, then, and that one breaks. That okay. one breaks three layers into the five yeah, layer yeah, down. Exactly. And then, uh-huh. and then you just got a big mess. So he said, at this point, my partner who works at the hospital was laughing at me. I was trying to pull hmm. them out, but there is a ridge at the bottom of my nose that I can't get past. Yeah, we understand. We all have noses and we don't <laughs> jam magnets up there for that very reason. Uh, after struggling for 20 minutes, I decided to Google the problem and found an article about an 11 year old boy who had the same problem. The solution in that was anyone guess? More magnets Magnets. (laughs) (laughs) to put on the outside to offset the pull from the from the ones inside. Okay, seems like if this 11 year old kid figured out uh, this astrophysicist would have no problem. Continue with this quote. As I was pulling downwards to try and remove the magnets, they clipped onto each other and I lost my grip. And those two (laughs) magnets ended up in my left nostril while the other one was in my right. At this point, I ran out of magnets. Okay, Okay. at this point, he's just got a bunch of magnets up there he keeps inadvertently jamming more magnets up his nose before attending the hospital reardon attempted to use pliers to pull them out you know the problem was they were made of metal and they became magnetized by the magnets inside his nose the final quotes every time i brought the pliers close to my nose the entire nose would shift towards the pliers and then the pliers would stick to the magnet it was a bit painful at this point how strong are these magnets? Man? Yeah, that's what, it, what kind of magnetary. Yeah. So these are not kitchen. I've lost count magnets. of how many. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I've lost wild. count of how many are up his nose at this point. You know, like I know there was the initial magnets. Then there were the rescue magnets. And then there are the magnets on the outside. And then there's the pliers, which them themselves became giant magnets. He said, my, he finally says, my, tar- my partner took me to the hospital that she works at because she wanted all her colleagues to laugh at me. The doctors <laughs> thought it was quite funny making comments like this is. An injury due to self-isolation and boredom hey listen all that to say if you're in there bored tinkering around 
don't resort to seeing what happens if you stick random things up your nose. If it can happen to an astrophysicist, if an astrophysicist thinks they'd be that bored, imagine with the average person. You know, I feel like this is a tough Absolutely. life lesson for everyone listening. I, I think this is a really important point because boredom can breed a lot of different things in all of yeah. us. Uh, right. But we're all, we're all changed people because of this. And that boredom can be fueled for really good things and positive things. Or it can go, as we've learned, it can go really awry. And don't let boredom be the reason that you and hospitals are already jam packed as it is. You know, they're, they're stretched thin. They don't have time to be worrying about somebody with magnets up there. And this is an astrophysicist. I've shuddered to think of what people less intelligent than this doctor could get up to in the coming weeks as as boredom pushes us to try new, even more creative ways to kill time that might end up killing ourselves. I've seen like the most elaborate, like random Rube Goldberg machines like yeah, that people no have just kidding. built around their house on Instagram. I this love is them. we we have entered in the greatest golden age of Instagram of all time. Because there are so many people, especially people who are like you know, uh in the in like the, the Gen Z demographic who kind of you know making they're they're basically that generation is the Martin Scorsese of like TikTok videos. You know yeah. what I mean? You can give a Gen Z kid a phone and say, make it make the most compelling 15 second video you've ever seen. And suddenly, you know, they're making Oscar Art. level, you know. Art. Yeah, they're Absolute they're basic. Art. I've seen I've seen like videos from like, a you know, some 20 year old kid in a dorm room that has more special effects than a Christopher Nolan video. And it's a 15 second TikTok clip. Like, it's very impressive, you know. But I will say this. A lot of people are spending their time making very cool videos for TikTok and Instagram. And I applaud it. I love just killing time, seeing Gold how ran- what random bored people are doing with their time and their phones. It, it is it is truly the golden age of random Instagram videos. Absolutely. And that that dovetails nicely into the slice that I want to bring this week, which is a pretty short story, but hopefully a longer conversation around it, because I have I have some thoughts and I want to get you guys feedback on these. Okay. So uh, we're going to I'm going to start with uh, with with last night. Uh, Elton John hosted a charity event for uh, COVID-19. Elton John, consistently one of the most charitable celebrities in the game. He, he's always at the, towards the top of the list. He, he gives away millions and millions of dollars every year. It's very admirable. And he hosted a, a concert series from YouTube last night with just his celebrity pals around the world signing on from their kitchens or, or where, you know, their roller coasters. Celebrities have very interesting houses. We've talked about this a little bit in recent weeks and they do, yeah. will do a live performance of a song of theirs. Right. And raise money that way. And that money's going to COVID-19 relief. Very cool. Really admirable. The one that got the most attention and you all might've seen it getting passed around today. Did you see the, uh, the backstreet boys? No, no, so uh, Elton John did the impossible. He reunited the Backstreet Boys from the comfort of their own individual homes to do I Want It That Way Again. Uh, and, it, 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 you know, it's spectacular entertainment. There's a I, I can we'll, we'll play a clip. We'll play a clip of that. And I want to stress when you listen to this clip, this is not the studio version. Uh, this is not they, these guys didn't weren't in there with their mics. This was all yeah. done via their laptops at home, unable to hear each other. And here's how they sounded. Who knows how many years on at least at least 30 years on from I want it that way. Right. Or 25. Yeah. Let's say 25 years. on yeah, from 
not gonna lie, that sounded like it could be straight off of TRL with Carson Daly. Random afternoon, you know, after school. That was TRL. Unbelievable. That was TRL. Unbelievable. So. They're talented guys. They're, they're they're talented guys in this song. But here's what I think is really interesting. I'm just going to go through. I'm just. This is just a random sampling. Not. I'm not editing it. A random sampling of comments about this from Twitter. The the responses and replies to this video. Okay. First up. It's beautiful. Two smiley face emojis. Um, uh, this is exactly what I needed. That's BuzzFeed official. This is exactly what I needed. Um, I will never be over Backstreet Boys performing I Went It That Way from their homes last night. That was Sony's official. That's Sony's verified account. Uh, this is a language I don't know, but it looks positive. I, I'm going to go with my gut. It looks fine. So everybody's everybody's very into this, right? This is I'm, I'm not seeing anything negative. Uh uh, I, I instantly iconic, uh, hit me right in the heart. I'm just, why am I crying? All right. So this is good. People are liking this. <laughs> okay. Okay. What, what, why when the backstreet boys do this, is this, a, are they lauded as internet heroes? And yet not 10 days ago when Gal Gadot rounded up her celebrity friends for the exact same thing, <laughs> doing John Lennon's imagine from their homes, for a song that is is probably of the same quality in terms of actual substance to it, why did, were they blasted as like the problem, like the 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 the, the indicative heart of wh- how far off celebrities get and are missing the mark and how out of touch they are? What is the difference between these two videos that has prompted two diametrically opposite reactions, despite being effectively the same thing? Tyler, it concerns me you're even asking this question. It really, really does. Because you could you could ask me right now. Listen, and I was never like a Backstreet Boys fan. You know sure. what I mean? But sure. I but listen, they they're an iconic boy band. And even if you're listening, if you're Chandler, you're a DJ, right? And yeah. you know, prior to the 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 pandemic, you would you would DJ at various nightlife spots on the weekends, correct? Yeah. And your DJs, your DJing session are, are mainly comprised of, of choosing different songs to, to kind of uh, go with the ebb and flow of the night. You know what's going to bring the yeah. room up. You know what's going to mellow it out. You know, how yeah. to, you know how to send people home, right? So you got to yeah. have that. Let me ask you this. If you throw on an old school banger, and even if people are into it, ironically, if you throw yeah. on a Backstreet Boys jam, what happens, what happens at, the, at the bar that night? It it goes up. It does. People people respond to uh to, to throwbacks for sure. Exactly. Because people the people have nostalgia for it. You know what people don't throwback, have nostalgia throwback. for? This is John Lennon. John Lennon yeah. is the throwback. And, it's, and I'm the sorry. Listen, maybe maybe, no, no, maybe uh, if it was the Beatles performing the song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Different, two. different response. Fair. Fair. And, and two, Fair. you know what's not preachy at all and not pretentious at all? Any Backstreet Boys song ever. You know what's super pretentious? John Lennon. And, I, and, and imagine there's you know what I saw I saw a Larry the Cable Guy take this morning okay Larry oh the Cable Guy and on this on this topic oh and he's like right now is not the time that I want to sing the lyric imagine there's no heaven no no this this is the one time I want to imagine there's the heaven I don't want I don't want you know my super rich celebrities that I enjoy them using their talents in the field of like acting and comedy to to you know 
sing for me from their mansions about, you know, how destructive yes. wealth is. OK, yes. like there's no irony in that, at least with at least the the Backstreet Boys are to have a degree of self-awareness for, uh, uh, you know, uh, of their career. Like th- there was that. nothing that's not so they're not taking themselves super seriously because you can't because the song doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. So you're but, saying, but there's no non they, there's no okay. non-serious way to sing John Lennon's Imagine. It's 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 like it's like singing the sound of silence by Sar- Simon and Garfunkel. It's just not a fun song. You know what I mean? Like there's no way that you could do it ironically or with any sense of fun, much less with people who aren't singers. It, it like the the listen, I I'm not going to just like jump on them because I know what they were attempting to do, but I feel like it was a spectacular failure and that's okay. You know what I mean? But if you're asking me why the reason one works and one doesn't, I think that's it. I think the lack of self-awareness and like it's literally no one asked for that. If you were to ask people on the street, hey, will you want to hear the Basket Boys like perform a, a you know one of their hits from? Maybe like, yeah, heck yeah. You want to hear a bunch of random celebrities sing a John Lennon song? People be like, eh, no, not at all. I definitely <laughs> I don't. think you're onto yeah. something. I think you're onto something here. I can understand the uh, the the Backstreet Boys don't aren't they don't seem to think they're doing anybody any special favors beyond just this is a nice song that everybody liked. A few decades yeah. ago, we're going to do it again right now and people will like it. Whereas getting a bunch of celebrities together to sing Imagine in, in different keys, which is a major strike against it. It yeah. sounded bad. Um, but do you think that prompts the the universe, the, how universally diametrically opposed these two reactions are? Because we're talking a a not insignificant, but not huge difference in the attitudes going into these that has prompted incredibly different worlds apart responses. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it and main like part of it is like, if it was look like, let's say it's, it's Gal Gadot, right? She's, she's, I think most people know her for her role in Wonder Woman. She's an incredible actress. If she were to go on and say, I'm going to make a video of me doing like, you know, a cool fight scene from Wonder Woman, or if I'm going to do a dramatic reading of some script, people would be like, cool, because she's an actress. You know what I mean? Like Uh if Will Ferrell, who's in that video, was like, I'm going to make I'm going to make like a funnier die style video that reminds people about the importance of social distancing. Right. People would be like, oh, that sounds great. I would love to watch that. It's the problem is it's the cross genre thing. It's just like if the Backstreet Boys said, hey, we're going to make a video and do a dramatic reading uh, uh, of a little play that we wrote that will teach you the value of social distancing. No one would want to see that. You know, it's 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 more about picking your lane and staying in that than than trying to just do something weird that that nobody wants, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I can and I can accept the fact that uh, um, that there's some level of of uh, just being aware enough to know, like, what do people want from me right now? At this, like, what are people looking for? What what do my resources make me uniquely, uniquely equipped to offer at this time? Like, there's a reason that nobody wants you and me, Jesse, to like get out our guitars and do Oasis covers online because they wouldn't. That's their loss. They don't yeah. know what they're missing. But I understand it's not what they want. It's it, listen. If they wanted to hear us do Oasis covers, you know, then uh, then I would gladly provide that. But I feel like my services are better utilized by riffing on how disgusting sourdough bread is. I know my length. <laughs> I know my length. You know, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Okay. Well, I I think that 
I feel like we're on the same page. I do applaud. And, and I feel like the ball is now in other uh, bands who've broken up. Uh, so the ball's in their court yeah, to try yeah, to do I, their own. Like, Dave Grohl did, did a whole kitchen concert this weekend. Dave Grohl, the Foo Fighters, he did a whole unplugged. Oh, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. true. And it was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it was super cool. I it didn't mind it. Cool. Yeah. I, I wonder if they would, like, because they're so, like, we, we mentioned Oasis. Those guys famously hate each other. Yeah. Can't be in the same room together. Now they yeah. don't have to be. Now, and they exactly. can still get together. This could be a good opportunity <laughs> to do a, Let's bring just, a lot. This is there's a huge opportunity for a lot of a lot of you know stars of yesteryear. You know, you have the yeah. ears of the world. We're all sitting around our phones all day with nothing to do. It's getting so desperate that some of the world's greatest minds are jamming magnets up their nose. Please, uh, uh-huh. if you are an artist from the <laughs> 90s or 2000s that we haven't heard from for a while, we'd love to hear from you. Try Put something out. out there. You could save another song scientist from doing weird experiments on his face and ending up in the hospital i feel like i feel like if you're chumbawamba or like the verve pipe out there then you have a duty to help save our scientists put some you know if i haven't heard the song the freshman in a long time if the, if that band if the verve pipe or, or the was it verve pipe or it's a verb i can't remember either, either way just put just put an old cover out and it'll get shared along and you don't know the scientists you're gonna save from doing terrible things to themselves out of boredom you could even get, and I don't know if this would happen because I don't even know if these people self-isolate when you get to this level of fame, like if that's an option for you or if you just, they just go to an island, they pick yeah. an island for a while. But you could conceivably get a Watch the Throne reunion yeah. with Kanye and Jay. I don't know if Kanye does that anymore. I don't know if swearing, if, like, is that something that he's decided against doing or if he would have to yeah. edit the yeah, songs to be about to God now. It, which, figure it out. Yeah. But Watch the Throne, you know, God's on the throne. You could, there's a pretty easy Christian remix there. Just waiting. He's, sitting been, on the he's shelf. been doing Christian remixes of all kinds of songs. Why not remix his yeah, own? You know? yeah, yeah. And everyone would watch too. Use your own including, I would watch. Including, there'd be a, there, you know, if, if they announce that, Hey, Kanye and Jay are doing, uh, a watch the throne kind of reimagining from their laptops live. Do you know how many scientists would have like lasers and magnets and weird circuit boards that they're about to connect to their face and end up in the hospital? And they're like, you know, I'll probably put these down for a while. Probably put these down for a while. Watch this concert. Exactly. Saving the lives of our best minds. You know, they're going so crazy like us, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if if anybody, if you're a band out there and you've been sitting on the, and you've been sitting on the thing, like, should I email the guys and see if they want to get together for one more round? Yes. The answer is yes. Don't wait. The answer is yes. Now is the the time. The world needs you. We're going to be here from the, till the end of the month, apparently. So, so shoot your shot, man. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows where it's going to go from here? All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for slices. Stay tuned. When we come back, Drew Holcomb joins us. Gonna be the t- gonna throw it back to you. <laughs> By now, she'll somehow realize what you gotta do. All right, all right. All that right. was Oasis. With Wonderwall, <laughs> or was it? No, that was actually our own Jesse Carey. What <laughs> doing an Oasis cover? Doing Oasis's Wonderwall. <laughs> mm. Well, see, that's what Powerful. people don't want. That is that is a primary example of what people don't want. <laughs>
Okay. Well, with that lead in, <laughs> I think we just hit a new low point in this podcast. This We're all, none of us are immune to, to quarantine brain. It's coming for all of us sooner or later. A new low. <laughs> There's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Now you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors are available who are specialized in depression, anxiety, sleep issues, grief, family issues, and more. BetterHelp has 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states. And of course, if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time and everything you share is confidential. We've said this before, this uh, this partnership with BetterHelp actually came up a few months ago, but it was, I, I think, really, really fortunate. Uh, we, were, we feel very blessed to be able to have this service and be able to offer it to relevant listeners right now at a time when we all need exactly what BetterHelp is offering right now. That There's just never been a better time to have access to virtual counseling, which is what BetterHelp can provide. And, and I really do hope if you've been thinking about it, if you've been on the fence about getting a counselor, uh, don't wait. Don't wait. This is a great service. And I, I think it, you will see a, a real marked improvement in your mental health, which is probably taking a toll on all of us right now in ways that we may not necessarily even be cognizant of. And uh, a counselor can really help you with that. It's a truly affordable option. Relevant podcast listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code RELEVANT. So go ahead and get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash relevant. You just fill out a questionnaire. You help help them assess your needs and you get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors is an Americana band from Memphis and East Nashville in Tennessee. The band was formed in 2006 by Drew. I got to talk to him about quarantine season. He's been doing these, uh, and I've really enjoyed these, what he's calling kitchen covers. He and his wife, Ellie, have been every night getting together on YouTube and Instagram Live to do another cover of a song. And uh, they're using that to help raise money for out-of-work musicians. So I want to talk to him a little bit about how the music scene is dealing with being in quarantine right now. And I uh, also wanted to ask him a little bit about why he's doing these kitchen covers. But before we get into the interview, here's a little clip of a, of a song that he did with his wife for these kitchen covers. It's Long Monday by John Prine. John Prine, uh, his family has revealed that he does have COVID-19 right now. So that's why he chose this song. Uh, and he told me that he's praying for John and hopes that this song helps the family and everyone else who's stuck inside right now. Here's a clip. So to so, heart to heart and cheek to cheek. Come on, baby, give me a kiss that'll last all week. All of you leaving again brings me down. Promise so, your sweet love brings me around. All right. So the first thing I wanted to ask Drew about is just the music community in general. How, for those of us on the outside, uh, how is this? Uh, how is this affecting musicians and people in the industry? And and what are they doing with this time? Sure. I have three thoughts. One um, is that I've, I've, even though everybody's sort of facing a, a massive amount of sort of unknown future, which is true for everybody, but I do think the idea of like large gatherings is going to be one of the last things to come back online. Um, and that's, there's no timeline on that really. I think for a lot of people, there's just a lot of questions up in the air. So the touring musician 
world is is sort of just completely uh you know up in the air but i but I feel like everybody's checking in on each other at least that's what I've seen or you know seen a lot of vulnerability from you know friends like my friend Brian Umquist from Lone Bella, who's um I've been sober now for a couple of years is reaching out and saying, Hey, if isolation is really bad for people like us, if you need somebody to reach out to, you know, reach out to me on social media. So I think people are making themselves accessible to each other, which is a really um, cool thing. I think, uh, secondly, uh, I think there's a lot of people scrambling to figure out what, you know, how to sort of make a living and sort of, um, you know, social distancing 2.0, whatever that's going to look like, you know, and, and as we sort of find out in four to eight weeks, what, you know, what, what's next. Um, so I think that's sort of, you know, on a lot of people's minds, but then there's also been a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really good things happening for people who are in immediate trouble. You know, there's all these different relief funds, music cares, um, et cetera, that are, you know, I think people are being really generous. I mean, we we did this concert last night on Instagram Live and Facebook, and put up our Venmo just so we could pay our band and crew for all the lost work, and we're definitely we're going to be able to cover like at least a month and a half just from that one thing. So I think there's just like a general generosity out there, but at some point that stuff's going to kind of run out, and the 2.0 question is going to raise you know raise itself. There's something that Drew pointed out that I uh, that I wanted to him to kind of expound on is uh is the fact that during times like this it's so uh we often turn to music music is often a communal experience we like playing songs we like hearing people sing we turn to things we've been listening to and in this case all that's been taken away because we can't go to these shows we can't sit around the campfire and sing he had some thoughts about what that means for our national mood right now at the end of the day music will certainly rise up out of ashes like anything else. I mean, that's one of the strangest things about this, you know, you miss the sort of global crisis when there is like any sort of major crisis. Uh, you know, when I look back to 2008 and nine, look back to 9-11, you know, the thing that people, the things that people like to do in those crises are, you know, church, sports, restaurants and bars, live music, I mean, and, the, and those four healing bombs that sort of been taken away um, temporarily. I mean, obviously there's music on the internet, and that's definitely happening. And it's thing, but it's it's not not quite the same. But it's something. It's not you know, it's not a zero, but it's certainly not a hundred. So I think in some ways, um, so I read somewhere the other day. This is like it had nothing to do with music, but it was just talking about the virus and saying hope for the best, plan for the worst, and that's sort of my mentality right now is. How do I make sure I can keep my people, um, you know, paid and, and, you know, and not in any sort of dire situation in the meantime, while we try to figure out what, you know, what, what's next. So that's why I think these covers are so important because it's not the same thing as gathering around in a big space and singing together, but, but it is something we can, it's the closest we can get, you know, and doing these covers uh, in some ways is even more vulnerable, I think, than doing a show. You know, you're, you're, these, you're seeing your artists, your favorite artists in their kitchens or on their couches and, and there's a little bit of the artifice stripped away. So I wanted to know if you felt like this was more vulnerable in some ways. 
I've had musicians and friends that have called me and said, Hey, it's, it's cool. You're doing this, but I don't feel like I can do it because I can't control the audio or like, I don't know, you know, it's like, you know, you're basically beholden to the iPhone or the, you know, whatever your device is, you know, camera and, and microphone. And, you know, we've sort of always been known as like a little bit sort of grassroots homegrown anyway. So it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it sort of lines up with our ethos over the, over the years, but it is pretty weird, especially like last night we did a concert and you finished the song and it's just like the silence of the screen, you know, I mean, you, you can look at all the little hearts that are being sent up, but that's not the same as like an applause or, or any sort of crowd response. Um, I, I, I will say it's not, it's not that dissimilar, honestly, from being in the studio though. Uh, it's one of the strange things about being in the studio is you like have this performance and then it's just like sort of silent. So it, it it's a weird thing. It's, it's sort of like being in the studio with like knowing that everybody's watching on their phones or, you know, on their screens. Like it's like, you know, live streaming a studio session. So it is, it is weird, but it's honestly, the, the feedback is sort of delayed, you know, cause then you go and like read the comments and people see the people sharing stuff and, it's been pretty fun. Uh, it's been a, 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 a great thing. I think just to offer out there, but also for me, it's, it's been, it's, it's given me a creative challenge every day in this sort of groundhog day environment to go like, okay, like I'm going to go learn a song that I don't know. And sometimes they're difficult melodies, you know, outside of what my sort of instincts would be. And so I'm learning a lot as well. I think, you know, that'll serve me and it keep gets me, you know, up and at them and gets me doing something. Some some of the days where it feels like, you know, my kids are looking at me like, what are we doing today? And I'm like, I don't know, staring into the abyss, having an existential crisis. What are you doing? So I really appreciate Drew and Ellie and everything they're doing for, uh, for the community, for the people who work with them for, uh, for Nashville here in Nashville. We really appreciate them. And, uh, I hope that you'll check out his music. Dragons is out now. You can donate to the cause that they're trying to raise money for at Magnolia Music on Venmo, Magnolia Music on Venmo. Everything goes to their team and 20% will go to musicians affected by the pandemic. Uh, so that was it for Drew Holcomb. Up next, we have some more quarantine season genre recommendations for you. Distractions are a familiar occurrence in our day-to-day lives, and they seem to be more frequent when it comes to our faith lives. We have thousands of voices disrupting us, and all too often, we listen to them. We are content with a Christian-branded life, yet miss out on what we were created for, knowing God intimately. In his new book, The Sacred Chase, Keith Adamson encourages us to pursue God, regardless of where we've been or where we are. The Sacred Chase is a book for anyone who longs for deeper connection to God, who has felt far from peace and hope and who needs the assurance that God is both interested in who they are and accepts them. Take a step forward in your faith walk and discover that you're as close to God as you want to be. You're listening to Make It Look So Easy by today's guest, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. All right. 
During this time of self-quarantine, Jesse, you and I have been trying to offer some uh, some tips for people who are looking for uh, what to uh, for for what to watch. There's a you can be paralyzed by the options out there. So we're out here trying to help people know uh, if you're looking for something, if you're not, if you're just scrolling through Netflix, can't decide what to watch. Here's some things that we like. And this week we decided to go pick genres. Each of us picked right. a genre to go with. Uh, Jesse. You said you were going to recommend some action movies, non-superhero category. Not, yeah, that's right. So, so grown-up action. action that, that's, for right. The, that, yeah. that's right. That's right. I picked five. I, yeah, I picked five action movies that don't have superheroes. Uh, here's the thing: the great thing about action movies is, it, it, to me, it's the best form of movie escapism. Like everyone likes to laugh at a comedy, right? You know, mm-hmm. their the dramas are, are good, you know, but the, to me, there's nothing as like lighthearted as like a good action movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it takes you into another world that it, it has lots of kind of emotional ups and downs. But there's nothing like a good action movie. So I'm going to real quick give you five. You've probably you've probably seen a, a, a three of at least three of these. You probably have already seen so two of these might be new to you, uh, but uh, three of them are very rewatchable. And I did my, my picks, Tyler. I stuck to stuff that that is currently available on Netflix for people. Okay. okay. Uh, they've All already, right, cool. they've already, I'm going to say by this point and after props appearance last week, they've already finished Tiger King and now they need some action movie for recommendations. Sure. Uh, first off a recent addition to Netflix. Uh, what I personally think is Christopher Nolan's best movie inception. Uh, everyone's oh, yeah. you've probably seen inception, but it's probably been a while since you've seen inception. Uh, it's a very, it, the movie holds up really, really well. Uh, Tyler, I know, you're probably are you are you a big Chris? You're a pretty big Christopher Nolan like fan. I do. Yeah, yeah, I like him, and I and I think Inception is one of his best. Yeah, I think this shows it, it has all the things that Christopher Nolan does well, which uh, are on full display. Which he does really well, like non special effects driven effects. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, there's not a, he doesn't like a lot of CGI. He likes stunts to be performed in the real world. That you see that a lot in like the the Dark Knight franchise. Uh, but this one too, where the cool scenes where like Joseph Gordon Levitt is running around the spinning room. You know, a lot of the dream sequences uh, use natural effects. Super. Super great movie, uh, re- still holds up, still fun to watch. And you can, like any Christopher Nolan movie, the more times you watch it, the more you pick up on little things that you didn't see the first time. Okay, uh, the second one is what is I consider one of the like Adam McKay's sort of forgotten blockbuster. Uh, Adam McKay, who uh, originally kind of got his start on SNL, sent a lot of stuff. Most of his his big early movies were the stuff of Will Ferrell, like uh, Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Uh, Step Brothers. Um, but he's gone on to become and actually a pretty important filmmaker. You know, he did the big short. He did Vice. Mm-hmm. He's working on one about Elizabeth Holmes called Bad Blood. Uh, you know, he's become like a weirdly important filmmaker considering his start. But one of the blockbusters that I feel like didn't really get a lot of credit, but actually is a really fun action buddy cop movie that still holds up is Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's The Other Guys. Tyler, have you seen The Other Guys? Yeah, it's great. How, where where do you great. feel for, for people that, that haven't seen it and that need a little sell? Because a lot of people are going to hear Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg and be like, I, I don't know if I'm into that as an action movie. <laughs> uh, Tyler, do you think that holds up as sort of a really uh, as a rewatchable action buddy comedy? I, oh, I think it's very rare, and because it, it's not, it, it was like well received when it came out, well reviewed, and all of that. But it's not, it's not like you said, it's just not up there with the rest of his in terms of how people talk about it. But yeah. uh, but really rewatchable, really and the Will Ferrell 
Mark Wahlberg dynamic is is excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's both of them doing what it's Mark Wahlberg at his most self-aware because there's a lot of times Mark Wahlberg is very unself-aware. This is a movie where he kind of plays into his persona and it's really, really funny. Okay, so Inception, uh, the other guys. Okay, this is an indie film and I may have recommended this years ago. It is a fantastic movie if you like early Wes Anderson. So like Rushmore, uh, Bottle Rocket era Wes Anderson movies. There's a film called Band of Robbers, and it is about a couple. Have you seen Band of Robbers, Tyler? No, I haven't. No, this is a okay. new one. I haven't, I haven't either. <clears throat> so it's sort of in that sort of Wes Anderson. It's a very stylized movie, but it's about a group of uh, young bank robbers. So sort of that Bottle Rocket type of storyline. Um, that, that, you know, plan a, a heist, but it's actually based on contemporary interpretations of characters from Mark Twain novels. So the two primary characters in the film are based on Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. So imagine taking Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and putting them in a contemporary bank heist movie that has sort of the style of a Wes Anderson film. That's what you have with Band of Roberts, a Band of Robbers, a really fun, cool movie and really unlike anything else on Netflix. Very high concept, like I said, kind of taking from the Mark Twain thing, uh, but also uh, the style and story. It's a really fun movie. It's called Band of Robbers. So the other guys, Band of Robbers, Inception. The other one, this is going to be a controversial pick and I don't care because (laughs) I loved it and I'm going to make the recommendation. It was a Netflix original that kind of landed like a lead balloon uh, when it it came out. Uh, But the, the trailer... Uh, when it was released last year, I, I was hadn't been that excited about a, a new movie in a while because it, it 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 definitely played its like 80s action vibe right on its on its sleeve. You know, you knew this was going to okay. be a movie that, you know, could have come out in like the diehard era, except it takes itself way more seriously. The movie is Triple Frontier starring mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. It's got a really great cast. Tyler, did you see Triple Frontier? I did. I did. But on your recommendation, I watched Triple Frontier. And, and it, give it a ranking. Don't don't protect my feelings. Three okay. out of five stars. It, did, it, it didn't do it. didn't do a ton to me. Didn't do a ton for me. Straight, uh, straightforward. Yeah. But I, the cast is phenomenal. Uh, I would say it. I would say it's almost like there are, in my opinion, and I think Jesse even movies. mentioned yeah. there's two movies and one yeah. of them is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So the, the plot, uh, Chandler, have you seen Triple Frontier? No. Okay, so here's the plot of the movie. <clears throat> ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac are, are joined by a couple of their old, like, uh, special forces buddies. These guys are all retired from the military now, uh, but decide to un- undertake their own sort of black ops mission where they are going to steal all the money from a Central American drug lord by raiding his jungle compound and performing a five-man heist. What a oh, plot. Wow. What a <laughs> plot. And if the movie would have stopped after the heist was over, then it would have been an awesome heist movie. But Tyler, <laughs> like you said, after the heist is completed, there's basically mm-hmm. another full movie. It's a very long movie. You can stop watching it after after the heist, but it's actually a lot of fun. You can watch the whole thing it, it, for for an action movie. It, it actually has a lot on its mind. Uh, now, how it executes that commentary is up for debate, but there's a lot of... There's a lot of commentary about greed, about war profiteering, about using violence for good. 
Interesting movie, kind of flew, flew under the radar car triple on uh, Frontier. And finally, my final pick, uh, it's mainly because it's peak Nicolas Cage. I feel like if you ever need a reminder of how fun Nicolas Cage can be when he wants to have a lot of fun, and you can actually watch this one if you have kids, uh, because it, 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 believe it or not, it, it is a Disney movie, uh, is National Treasure. I mean, it's, it's guilty oh, sure. popcorn fun, but that's peak <laughs> Nicolas Cage. And I apologize to no one for recommending <laughs> <laughs> all right so i decided to go uh instead of action movies i decided to go the, the spooky route you know the, ele- okay. the elevated yeah. horror mo- movies yeah. the uh, you know because i think a lot of people still um kind of think of, when they think of horror movies they think of like the saw franchise or, or yeah. hostile or, or the movies that we don't necessarily uh this platform recommend but if you like if you like spooky stuff and you want to be stressed out by something that has zero stakes, like a movie that you can pause anytime. These are some recommendations that, that sometimes that helps me a little bit. And if that helps you too, then I can tell you that these are going to be a, a light on the sort of exploitive uh, torture porn type content that tends to give this franchise, uh, this genre rather a bad name. And it will hopefully give you a, be actually a really interesting story and artistic experience for you. Anyway, we're going to start with one of my favorites, a 2000 Spanish movie called The Orphanage. It was uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro, directed by a guy by the name of J.A. Bayona. It's often confused for a movie called The Orphan, which is an American movie. That's not what I'm talking about. This is very, and I'm not a fan of that movie. This one, The Orphanage, is about a woman who was who grew up as an orphan, was adopted out of an, an orphanage, and goes back to with her family as an adult to try to uh, restart the old orphanage, take it over, and, so she can help other kids have the same experience that she did, a positive experience. Obviously, things go awry in this uh, this home that is not super suitable for young children, orphans or otherwise, and it ends up being a really interesting story, in my opinion, about parenthood uh, and about the lengths that, uh, that especially moms will go for their kids. What I like about this one is how much it subverts the trope of how women are used in horror movies, which uh, especially in the past, it's gotten a lot better recently, but in the past has usually been as, you know, just bait or, um, or shooting practice for whoever the the movie monster is. Uh, but in this case, it, it's quite different. And the, the star who's played by a woman named, uh, Belen Rueda is, uh, is an extremely interesting, extremely competent horror movie he- heroine. She's, scared but she's also uh she chooses again and again she doesn't just do the dumb thing they do in her movies like why are you going in there you understand why she's going why she makes the moves that she does and takes the actions that she does and it's a really interesting look at that sort of motive so the orphanage it it is very frightening Uh, i won't sugarcoat it for you it'll lead to some sleepless nights but it's a really great story just what Uh, you want and just what you want in a global pandemic (laughs) but this one is about it's about creepy orphan ghosts so not a big deal it's actually far less scary than a global pandemic that is out of control right now another one that came out uh just last year and was such an interesting part of the zeitgeist i'm sure a lot of people saw it but it is available now to to rent you can find it at home if you missed it somehow i gotta recommend us jordan peele's uh movie starring lupita nyong'o us it's a uh, it, i, I want to take a moment here to address elephant in the room which is that a lot of people are just like well i just don't like scary movie. I'm just like, they just get too scary for me. And and I don't like what they do to my emotional. And that's completely understandable. That's fair. Um, yeah. I, I think that's totally fair. And I, I'm not telling anybody to, I'm not saying that 
these aren't going to do that because these movies are scary. I do think Jordan Peele's movies tend to be a little less scary than your average horror movie. They're they're part they're of the horror. thrillers, yeah, but yeah, they're a little more exciting. You're pretty short on like bang, like like big bangs and things make you go jump and things that jump out of the shadows, the the jump scares, the scare cuts, pretty light on those. It's more about mood and atmosphere. So if that's the uh, uh, so if that's the thing that you're worried about, then I'd recommend that you give this a shot. You can even sort of cheat a little bit. And if you want to go online and, uh, and uh, check out the Wikipedia entry to give yourself a little bit of spoiler so you know what's coming, then that might be helpful for you. But Jordan Peele's very interesting filmmaker and us is very, very good. And it's got a lot of ideas. It's got a lot of big themes on its oh, yeah. mind. It's a, yeah. it's a it, That's a very fun movie to try to unpack and think about uh, its messages about class, about, um, you know, privilege, um, uh, you know, uh, it, about family. It's a really fascinating movie to think about after you watched it. Us. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, the last one, this one uh, uh, this movie that came out last year as well, it didn't do very well, actually, in the theaters, which is too bad because I thought it was quite good, although I can kind of understand maybe why it didn't play super well. But uh, Dr. Sleep is the Ewan mm. McGregor starring sequel to uh, The Shining. It came out about 40 years after the first Shining movie. Uh, and uh, this one was directed by Mike Flanagan. It was adapted from uh, Stephen King's own sequel novel, which was published in 2013. Did either of you guys catch that, or do you have any interest in the Shining sort of franchise? I, I, I'm, I'm certainly interested. I mean, Kubrick is is a genius, and I feel like The Shining for anyone who's you know considers themselves a fan of film is is worth watching, even though it's still a horrifying movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in seeing Doctor Sleep. Uh, how does it how does it compare? Because I know Kubrick free, uh, famously took some. Uh, some liberties with Stephen King's original novel that mm-hmm. Stephen King didn't like. Uh, but from what I understand, Dr. Sleep is more faithful to King's work. How does it match up you can, w- in terms of like watching it as a sequel to the film, The Shining Tyler? So, which is probably a point of controversy depending on how you feel about The Shining, because this is very much a sequel to the book, to the Stephen King book, instead of being a sequel to the movie. And if you've read one or watched one or you're aware of the differences, you know, that's a pretty marked, uh, it's a pretty important change, but it is a change. And I think it was a good choice. And obviously it got the approval of Stephen King, which is, uh, which is an important for one like this, uh, didn't do well in the theaters again, but it, I do think it is a, if you tend to like Stephen King's general vibe, which is, Obviously, he likes scary stuff, but he also is really interested in the ideas of the things that can beat back scary things, things like family, community, love. Uh, I think that this is very faithful to that worldview and uh, it it exists in service of that. And I think that uh, people, I think you'd like it. Obviously, none of these are great for like the full, the whole family, if you've got young kids or anything like this, but they, if this is something that the kids are in bed and you can't sleep, this will not put you to sleep. Uh, None of them will, but they will be. uh, But if you're into this genre, then I think you'd enjoy those, potentially enjoy those movies of dear more. And with that, I think that that will, uh, that'll probably wrap it up for us. Hey, I've got to say thank you to Drew Holcomb for taking time to talk to me today. I uh, really do love Drew's music. I yeah. love whenever Ellie is able to join him. You can follow them at Drew Holcomb Music on Twitter and Instagram and on YouTube as well. And you can see what they're doing. There are kitchen covers there. 
at the end of the night. Maybe if we're lucky, we can get uh, we can get Jesse to strap was, on the guitar. Listen, I was just gonna uh, make the offer to Drew and Ellie and any professional musician. You've heard the chops. You've heard <laughs> what I can bring to the table. You got a taste now. If you want the full steak, just give me a call. And we'll see what we can do. So uh, that offer is in there for any professional musician, and it'll be my gift to the world right now. Uh, so you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> and hey, I also want to say thanks to uh, BetterHelp.com. Go to BetterHelp.com slash relevant, fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. BetterHelp.com slash relevant. Uh, and hey, as long as you're on our Apple podcast page, subscribe to Relevant Daily. It's where I bring you the top three stories at the intersection of faith and culture Monday through Friday. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on everything that we're talking about, uh, head over there to the Daily. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Jesse, you going to take us home? <laughs> Come on, Tyler. You do the Leggy Gaga part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're waiting on you. The world is waiting. <laughs> You 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 failed the world, Tyler. You had I'm your chance. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I, I, you just talked about. <laughs> All right, you know Chandler. Tell you what. From me. Tell you what. I'll be Bradley Cooper. You the Lady Gaga part one more time. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know. Tell me I something. I fine. I'll do both parts. <laughs> tell me something, boy. <laughs> fine. You force me to do both. I will be doing the parts of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Now I need silence right now. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Well, hey, thanks, everybody. We hope you all are staying safe out there. Um, And with that, we will wrap it up. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. And once again, I'll be performing the parts of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great, safe week, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Gonna throw it back to you. (laughs) By now, she'll somehow realize what you gotta do. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.